So seeing as the um, AGM is coming up next week, um, I thought that this seemed like a really prime time for me to tell you about a terrible meeting that I was a part of. Um, it wasn't a church AGM or even a church meeting, um, but it was a terrible meeting. And I thought I'd dredge up the memories um, here as a story, you know, to share with you all. So there we were, gathered in someone's lounge room. Well, we, we were all there. It was the kind of meeting that had been scheduled strategically to make sure that the most people could be there at once because this meeting was important, we'd been told. It was a serious one. So we were all there in this lounge room, ready to begin, ready to discuss, ready to make plans, ready to be done with this meeting, if I'm honest. But I should mention that it was lunchtime. We had all been gathered in that lounge room, ready to begin and simultaneously ready to be done. But it was lunchtime, so a couple of the people actually weren't in the lounge room. They were in the kitchen getting themselves some lunch. But that was okay because it was open plan, you know, as things are. And so if we raised our voices just a little bit, it was enough to kind of cross the divide between the spaces. I should also mention that the time of the year that this meeting took place in was the time of the year that is close to the end of the university semester. And there were students in our midst, a little bit stressed, a little bit frazzled at the prospect of final exams and beginning to kind of rest in that sinking feeling that they were nowhere near prepared for these exams coming up. And now, now, this meeting, or waiting for this meeting, was eating into their precious preparation time. The meeting began informally with a simple questioning, so? A so that was said slightly louder than what was necessary, and so it cut straight through the sandwich-filling chat and the nervous, oh, I'm never going to be ready, student chat. The simple questioning so was followed with a deep silence. The bread butterers looked up from their bread and butters, and the students' noses made their way out of their books, and the so-sayer said again, so? I'm going to take this moment now to tell you that I do quite like efficiency in a meeting. Even though right at the time of writing out this story for you, Tracy, one of the cats, was right on my lap. And I was telling her this would be a lot quicker, Tracy, if I didn't have to bend over here to use my laptop. And I could, in fact, use my lap. So whilst I do like efficiency, maybe I like Tracy's company just a little bit more. But I do, I do still like efficiency in the general scheme of things. I like to get, you know, I like to get things done quickly and as smoothly as possible. And I like meetings to run that way. I find it helpful, you know, if there's a clear goal or some kind of clear outcome that we're moving towards, it helps me to stay focused. It helps me to weed out, you know, kind of the useless stuff as well. What's not moving us towards our goal? Those are my kind of meetings, the ones where information is shared clearly and decisions made quickly. It's fair to say that this meeting was not shaping up to be my kind of meeting. Into the silence that followed the double sew, one of the bread butterers, who was also the meeting caller, piped up. Right, yes, yep, let's get into it, but just give me a minute. I'm almost done here, so just chat amongst yourselves for a bit about what you want to do. 
Chatting amongst yourselves is like an enemy to efficiency. It's a destroyer of efficiency, a ginormous barrier to efficiency. I noticed that at this line, my teeth clenched just a little. This meeting hadn't even really started yet, and my teeth were clenched. This was really not shaping up to be my kind of meeting. I took part in some of the chatting amongst yourselves about what we wanted to do, whilst keeping one eye on the time and another eye on the bread butterers holding us up. Time was moving quickly, whereas the sandwich making was moving really slowly. Efficiency was really losing on that day. And as we chatted amongst ourselves and I kept an eye on the ones holding us up, somehow I missed the one who slipped out to go to the bathroom. As I watched lids being tightened on jars in the kitchen, I clapped excitedly and offered another. So, as I saw a glimpse of an opportunity for us to finally move forward, once again, the so might have been slightly louder than necessary, and the excited lilt that I gave to it certainly caught everyone's attention quickly. And they all turned to me with questioning looks. And I said, you you guys are almost done, right? We can get started now. The meeting caller and slowest bread butterer took a quick glance around the room and said, oh, not quite done yet, we've still got to get these things toasted. Plus, we have to wait for Hannah now. Group announcement over, the bread butterers went back to these sandwiches and chatting between themselves as they moved to the toaster, and the students flipped their books back open, relishing the spare 30 seconds to get stuck back into their work. My head, however, whipped around to where Hannah had been sitting, and I wondered how had I missed that she had gone out. I wondered why did she have to go now? Surely she wasn't going to have to wait that much longer. Surely this meeting wasn't going to take so long that she'd be holding on forever. There there was still hope for some sort of efficiency in this meeting, right? Hannah popped back in not too much later, and she was wiping her hands on her jeans. I smiled at her as she came back in. At least she'd had the courtesy to not hold us up any longer with unnecessary hand-drying processes. But I should say, this meeting took place pre-COVID times, back when proper hand hygiene wasn't advertised on TV and radio so often. With Hannah sat back down, and my nose telling me that the toasting in the kitchen surely had to be done, if not very close to done. My teeth unclenched just a fraction. Another so came then, but it wasn't a standalone so. So what do you guys want to do? It came from the meeting caller, who was still in the kitchen as a bread butterer, and I wondered, were you making the world's most complicated sandwich? As though reading my thoughts, the next words came, sorry, it's still toasting here, this is taking ages, but we can start talking now anyway. What do you guys want to do? Someone replied quite quickly, we could go for a walk around the lake. Not a bad idea, I thought, an idea that I would happily get behind as a way of ending this meeting. Oh yeah, I said I like the sound of that. Sorry, I didn't quite catch that came the reply from the kitchen. I looked over to see the two bread butterers with their heads almost right in the oven as they expected their toasting of their gourmet creations. No wonder. 
Unfortunately, more than one well-meaning group member took it upon themselves to repeat and amplify the suggestion made, which simply caused a loud jumble of words and noise and a second, sorry, I didn't quite catch that again. My teeth clenched more tightly together. When the message finally got through and it was made clear that all had heard and all had understood, I was happy. Once again, I glimpsed an opportunity for us to move forward. Someone had put forward an idea. I'd been very quick to second it. Surely this meant we were on the home straight. No one had said the idea was a bad idea or that they didn't like it. The meeting was done and dusted as far as I was concerned. But the voice came from the kitchen again. Okay, great, good idea. What are other ideas? Other ideas? We've heard an idea. It was an all right idea. No one seemed to mind the idea. Why did we need more ideas? The bread butterers had completed their gourmet creations by now, and they'd settled back into the lounge room with the rest of us. The conversation continued back and forward as follows. Well, we could still walk around the lake, but would you guys want to get ice cream or something? Oh, if we're getting ice cream, then we definitely should go to the place in town because they do great ice cream there. Oh, yes, and then if we're in town, we can look around the shops if we want. Oh, well, if we're in town, then we can definitely go bowling. That's so much fun. Oh, guys, let's not spend too much money, eh? Poor students. Yeah, and speaking of students, I really can't waste any time. I probably just shouldn't come. Oh, but the whole point is to do something together. Maybe we should just do something short then, like walking around the lake for a bit. After a whole lot of words said, we were back at exactly the same point. I looked at the time. An hour had passed, a whole hour that we'd been there together, and we were no further ahead than where we'd first started. I was beginning to lose all hope. Well, the meeting caller said, or should I call them my nightmare creator? It would be nice for us to get outside for a bit, wouldn't it? And I mean, I do think it's important we do something all together, because that's why we're here. So if you studiers, do you think you could spare a bit of time for us? That would be really great. I'm happy to keep it cheap, though. Make sure everyone can participate. I think I'd slip down off the couch at this point, and I lay my head back on the couch cushion above me. And I looked up at the ceiling, and I felt this meeting push every single button that I had. The meeting caller, my nightmare creator, had just led us around in this massive, unruly circle, right back to the point where we'd started. And they even had the absolute cheek to waste even more of our time by just repeating everything that had just been said. I really thought in that moment that I might become the first person to die of frustration. As far as I was concerned, this meeting had driven me to this point, and now I couldn't see a way out. The frustration was simply going to take me over, and I'd be lost in this tangled mess of indecision forever. There was no way forward from here, I was sure. Only another circle. I felt like I could cry. So are we happy to walk around the lake in that case? And I'll shout everyone an ice cream on the way the nightmare creator offered. 
And the responses flitted in calmly and quickly. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Awesome. Please get our shoes on and we'll go. I opened my eyes. The meeting was over. The nightmare was over. I sat up and the others looked at me a little bit quizzically. And upon immediate reflection, my reaction during the meeting, I thought, might have been a bit extreme. But it was done now. I wasn't going to die. The decision had been made, and now there wasn't just a glimpse of an opportunity to move forward. There was a whole open door in front of us, and all I needed to do was put my shoes on so I could step through it. So whilst I might have hyped the drama of this little tale um, a little bit, for the purposes of making it more interesting, of course, this meeting was real, and my reaction that I described, that was also real and really embarrassing to think about. But I genuinely thought in those moments that I would get lost forever in this indecision, and I just couldn't bear another moment of this painful discussion and collaboration and idea sharing. It was really a nightmare for me. And today as we talk about what I'm actually here to talk about, which is membership, I'd like to liken church membership to this meeting experience. It really doesn't seem like I'm off to a good start, does it? But I do have four brief points that I'd like to touch on about what membership in a Baptist church looks like. For my first point, remember how I said we were all gathered there in that lounge room? Well, I mean between the lounge and the kitchen for a bit. But we had this meeting together. We waited for someone to come out of the bathroom. We waited for the students to stop studying. We waited until everyone could be really present there. While a membership gathering is important, waiting for those who are on the fringes is important because membership represents this horizontal connection. If our connection with God is a vertical connection, membership is a horizontal connection into a community of believers. Membership offers a community to walk with, to learn with, to grow with, and every single individual who is a part of that community is of value because every single individual who is a part of that community is unique and has a unique relationship with God. And so therefore, with an individual and unique way of walking, learning, and growing, they can uniquely encourage you or anyone else in that community to discover the same for themselves. Membership prioritizes each and every member of the community, and it recognizes these words in Hebrews 10.25. Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another. My second point. You know how I described that teeth-clenching feeling I had when we had to discuss amongst ourselves what we wanted to do and then share it all over again, even though a perfectly good idea had already been suggested? Well, membership loves that and is all about that. Membership recognizes that listening to everyone is so important, and we have to value different voices and voices of difference. Just as members are each individually unique, that means that they will have individual and unique ways of hearing from God. 
And membership acknowledges that God speaks to each of us in different ways and reveals different things to different people in different times. Membership is built around the truth that God can and will speak to everyone. And it seeks to hear and listen to each voice in the community. And that can be a really scary thing. Because people have their pet things. Like the sandwich makers and the studiers. People have their pet focuses that can withdraw them sometimes from the collective focus. But membership knows that. And it welcomes it all as it recognizes a community of individual believers following Jesus together, each in their own way. Just as it says in John 10, the sheep know their shepherd's voice, and when they hear it, they listen and they follow. In membership, the individuals as a collective body hear Jesus' voice, and they listen to it, then they share it, and then they follow it. My third point, the point where I thought that I was about to die of frustration was the point when the meeting caller painstakingly summarized all of the different ideas that had been put forward and went to the trouble of drawing out like some key points of value that the group had expressed. To me, in that time, I felt like I was at breaking point, but membership Membership comes to that time and it rubs its little hands together with glee and says, now we are going to be able to move forward together. Inclusion and togetherness are huge priorities for membership and that is where the strength of leadership and governance can be drawn on to promote this. Membership listens to everyone and from this big pool of messy ideas and statements and pet focuses put forward, Common threads can be pulled out. Vision can be pulled out. Goals can be pulled out. And key values can be pulled out. They all capture the greater heartbeat of the members. Membership prioritizes harmony. And harmony isn't to say that everyone will get exactly what they wanted. This world isn't that perfect. But harmony is to say that we want to move forward together. We want to draw on our collective vision and press on towards that, moving together at all times. Hebrews 12 verses 1 to 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And my final point, the nightmare experience is important. In that meeting, I thought that I might die of frustration, that the indecision would overwhelm me and take me under and I'd be lost in this big pool of ideas forever. But in membership, the nightmare isn't for us to experience. Don't worry, it's not bad. It's for this world. And a world that tirelessly promotes the importance of self and individualism, membership is a nightmare 
All of the things that drove me crazy in that meeting, the waiting for everyone, the time it took to listen to everyone, the summarizing of everyone's ideas to find the key theme, they were all enemies of efficiency. And I just wanted to be done and out of there. And the world treats life in the same way. The world craves efficiency and get it done, then have fun. Who cares who's affected? The world says, why would you wait for everyone? You choose what's best for you. Why would you listen to everyone? You know what's best for you right now. And why would you try and draw from others' opinions to make a decision? Yours is the only voice that matters. But membership recognizes that we aren't working for ourselves. It's not about what's best for us. It's about what's best for the kingdom, for God's kingdom. Why would you wait for everyone? Well, because God dearly loves and cherishes and values each of his children. And if we didn't wait together, how would we allow the spirit to move among us and speak to us? Why would you listen to everyone? Well, because God speaks to us all in unique and special ways, and he can reveal different things to different people in different times. And if we didn't listen together, we'd be ignoring the truth of this. Well, why would you try and draw from heaps of different opinions to make a decision? Well, because we are all a part of the body of Christ. And we look to move forward together as one body under Christ. We don't leave anyone behind. And if we didn't draw from everyone and value everyone's listenings, then we would be devaluing their place and their strengths in the body. And in a world when it's all about you, if you hit a stumbling block, if one of your weaknesses is targeted, what do you do? because it all rides and dies with you. But in membership, when we hit a stumbling block, when a weakness of mine is targeted, what happens? Well, it's okay. Because guess what? That's one of Zoe's strengths. So when I, as a part of a body, when I hit a stumbling block, when my weakness is targeted, Zoe, as a part of the body, comes alongside me. She steps into the mess with me, and she helps me to work it out. That's what being in membership is. And it's a nightmare. It's such a nightmare for this world because it gives us strength that this world could never even come close to. This nightmare experience is important because inclusive and together-focused membership is a nightmare to this individualistic and consumeristic world. And we are reminded at the end of James 1 that pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Membership might mean inefficiency for the sake of another for the sake of walking together, learning together, growing together, and for the sake of sticking it to this world. Membership shows the world that there is another way to live, 
a better way to live. And that is a life lived in committed community with God and with one another. So who would like to become a member 